Hello, and my name is Peter Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners and professionals just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success or you're already smashing it but want to continue to level up, we're here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, frank and raw conversations. Hi, I'm joined today by Michael Ambrosio. He is the owner of MNN Vehicle Services, who are based in Peterborough. They're a HGV and commercial vehicle uh, repair provider, and he's an absolutely awesome guy. I was absolutely delighted to get him on the show and to come and chat to everyone. So, yeah, what, what a top geezer he is. Absolutely loved having him on. We recorded it in the heat wave during June, uh, so the windows were open in the office, and you can hear trucks unloading outside and you can hear beeping and cars going and what have you however we wanted to keep it authentic we wanted to keep it true and uh, yeah really hope you enjoy it despite the background noise thank you very much so hello and welcome everyone to a half dozen things podcast i'm joined today by michael ambrosio from MN vehicle services in peterborough Michael, it's absolutely amazing to have you on today. I really, really appreciate you coming on. It's been a little while in the planning, hasn't it? Yeah, we've managed to get together now. <laughs> Which is awesome. So can you just, for the listeners, like, explain to them what you do and how long you've been doing it and a bit about M&N as well? Okay, yeah. So we're a commercial vehicle workshop predominantly. The reason I say that is we do do cars. About 15% of our work is cars. But we mainly do commercial vehicle, ranging from vans all the way up to articulated trailers um, we maintain the vehicles help customers with compliance diagnostics breakdowns anything to do with the vehicle that's moving basically perfect we've been in business for uh, 12 years now so fuck We'll edit that out. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we won't, but yeah. Sorry about that, yeah. <laughs> Carry on, mate. Yeah, yeah so, so I've been in business for about about twelve years. Yeah. Um and and looking to looking to move on. Yeah. Yeah, awesome, mate. Awesome. And you've not long taken on a second premises, have you? Yeah, so we've taken on another site very close to our existing location in Fengate in Peterborough. It's just round the corner. It's just for uh, three more three more bays to be able to, to carry out more work yeah fantastic fantastic mate it's, i'm absolutely buzzing to have you on because i think you've got loads of insights to share with us and uh michael and i we're a bit of a special unique episode today we're going to be going through a couple of like business related goals which are a bit more generic about business so the half dozen things they include about honesty hard work resilience support self-appraisal and making sure you do what you say as well and then we've got some transport related specifics as well uh, which we're going to talk through but i'll save those for a bit later and keep people on tenterhooks to make sure they carry on listening but yeah so in the meantime talk to me a bit about honesty why is honesty so important for you then mate i think it was it's about honest hard work together really pete to be honest i think when people when people ask me kind of sometimes they ask you know I'm thinking about setting up my own business. Can you give me can you give me any advice? I think rather than go into the technicalities and the the, the things that are 
are kind of uh, a further ahead. I think that one of the basic things is honest hard work. Things like having to sacrifice your time away from your family and friends when they're all maybe out holidaying um, and you're having to put in the 16 hour days, including the weekends. I think if you're not willing to do that yeah. initially, I think you're off, in my opinion, you're off to a non-starter really. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, it, and I think you've got to consistently do those things. So it's not about sacrificing, it's not about sacrificing those things for two weeks and then you're off and running. You know, those things can last two, three, four, five years down the line. And, and even in periods of time now, as you know, Pete, you yeah. know, there's periods of time where you're just pinned in your office. Yeah. Um, and we were only just discussing that. Hundred percent, yeah. Hundred percent, yeah. I think um, it is one of those. At, at the moment, it's still like we're still quite fresh, and I go through fits and spurts at the moment, but they're kind of more regular at the moment. Where like I take someone on, we build the business, and then it get I get really busy again, yeah. and then I take someone on, and it relieves a bit of pressure. And I guess like that kind of starts to even out a bit over time, yeah. over like the twelve yeah. years. That's probably started to even out. But there's definitely there's no way, and I, well. You know, I, I stand to be corrected, but I think you're 100% right. I think there's no way that you can effectively set up a business on like a Monday to Friday, nine to five, no, particularly not, not in the transport sector. Exactly, yeah, not to start with, not no. to start with. I think people go out and they, they maybe pay somebody else to do it yeah. or somebody else to take that on. Well, in the early stages of our business, we, we, we didn't pay for anybody else to do anything. We took everything, as much on as we could yeah. because you, you're so... You're so you're so fresh in that in that area, nice. um, and it's if you can't if you can't kind of afford it in those early days, then then, then don't buy yeah, it. No, exactly. Absolutely. No fair play, mate. Okay, let's talk a bit about resilience then. So, what um what what why is resilience so important then, mate? So I think the ability to kind of bounce back after a knockback. Mm -hmm. So one example of that, if I remember when we were probably in the second year of our business, we'd, we'd taken up some uh, workshop, uh, we'd rented some workshop space. Mm -hmm. um, we'd rented one bay, I think. Um, and we'd, we'd set out a contract with the landlord. Um, something happened and the landlord decided that he wanted us out. We didn't know where to go, we didn't know what to do. And at that point in time, it was the end of the world. It was the end of the world for me. Okay. And I felt like, you know, it was panic. Well, you know, what am I going to do? But it's actually being resilient and going, do you know what? Actually, we've taken a knockback. Let's do something about it and and move on. And in the early stages of business and being able to set up a business, I think you're going to get more knockbacks like that. Yeah. And then you need to just respond back to them. And I think in the later stages of business, when you're get when you're getting your knockbacks, they're small knockbacks. They're they're not as 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 big, or they don't seem as big as they were in the early days. Yeah. Um, but it's just about learning from them, and 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 seeing how that you can deal with them differently next time. Yeah, I love that, mate. That's um, it's really really true because it can feel like catastrophic, yeah. can't it? Yeah. Totally catastrophic at the time, and and when it happens, and yeah, I think um. It's one of those, like, I, I tell you how, how I often think about it is that every time, and I've had, like, major, like, proper setbacks and stuff, and, like, um, you just kind of 
feel like every time I overcome a setback, that's a hurdle that like my competitor hasn't or won't make or something like that. And yeah. it just kind of, it kind of like sets you aside each time you kind of like level up, I guess. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of how I feel. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah, resilience is really important. And I guess, I guess as the business grows and, you know, when you start out, you're like reliant on fewer customers and that sort of thing, aren't you? And then as it grows, you kind of have this, you kind of build a bit more of like, not necessarily a wealth as in money, but you get like the experience yeah. and you get like the staff and stuff like That's that. That's right, the big setback, of, the big yeah. setback, if you, if you had to deal with it again today, wouldn't be such a big setback because you yeah. knew what to do. You now know what to do. You know, you know yeah. how it felt before. I think yeah. you've got to look after yourself though. Like when when you're in the early stages and you're working these 16 hours a day and you're you're hammering it, you know you need to ensure that basic stuff like you get your sleep, you're eating the right foods, you you know and that'll keep you, you know, exercise. That yeah. it all keeps you resilient. So yeah, it's, it's important to do those things. No, spot on, mate. Spot on. Okay, then. So next up, we've got support. Then. So do you mean like the support of other people or yeah um, the support of those around you? I think that yeah, the support of around around us really. So I've kind of there's different areas of support which we can we can go through. So I've got a business partner in 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 our business. His name's Chris Chris Knoll, and um, we set up the business together. Um, now, if anybody asks me, would I recommend a business partner? I certainly would. It's one of the things that I think is has been really beneficial to us to set up our business. Um, yeah, you need to ensure it's somebody that you can trust because there's. I'm sure there's some scary stories about people that have had business partners that have it's gone, uh, it's gone wrong. Mm. But I think working if you get a good working relationship with someone, it's someone that you can bounce key decisions off. So there's an element of support. It's mm -hmm. someone that can share the hard times with you because, mm -hmm. as you know, there's there's hard times in business. Mm -hmm. um, but also someone to share the good times with you as well. Yeah. Um, you need also, as you know, you need some time off work as well. So if you've got that business partner in place or somebody that you can trust in place, they can kind of yeah. look after the, look after the business when, when, you, when you're having some time off. Love that, yeah. How did you meet Chris? So me and Chris worked together for the same company um, when we were... Uh, Chris was just coming out of his apprenticeship, and I just qualified as a mechanic. Yeah. Um, so uh, Chris would—I was Chris's team leader. Okay. So Chris is a bit younger than me. Yeah. So we've always followed each other through. So as I, I moved up into the management role, he—he he went into like the team leader role. Oh, nice. And then we we set up um, Tesco's uh, distributions VMU in Peterborough for them. Okay, and we yeah. operate, we looked after 100 trucks for them and 200 trailers for them. Nice. Um, and they contracted our, the company that we worked for to do that. So we got okay. in the staff um, and, and they gave us the workshop and we, did, we dealt with everything else. Amazing. So that was some really good, good experience. Yeah, yeah, that was a really good ground then, I suppose, yeah, for, yeah. for you guys moving on and setting exactly, up. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay, nice. What about, okay, so I guess like that's good when it goes well. How do you... If like obviously share as much as you're comfortable with, but how do you settle it? Like if there's a bit of a clash or something like that, yeah. how do you, how do you guys overcome yeah, that? Yeah, so that's a tricky one. Everyone asks that question as well. Yeah. So kind of, do we fall out and do we get on? The 
I think fortunately for me and Chris, we're different characters, completely different. Yeah. Um, Chris would not be able, I, I know if Chris was in the room, I'd say this as well. Chris would never be able to sit here and do this podcast. Okay. Um, he's, he's not that type of character, but likewise, there's things that Chris does that I have got, I would absolutely blow me away. I've got no patience for it. Okay. So, so he's a lot calmer in a, certain, in a, in a way than I am. Mm-hmm. So if there is a disagreement, we, it's not because we've clashed. It's a disagreement because maybe we've we've uh, we're both at the point of maybe done a bit too much work, or we're at that at that point. But it's it's very much once it's out, it's done. We've said what we needed to be said, and then we move on. There's no there's no grudges. You know, nice. to be fair, I'm 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 um, Chris's best man, and also uh, godparents. We're godparents to his children, so. We are close in that way, nice, okay. so that relationship from a personal side will always be there, but from a work side, I think, like I say, the characters are so different. I'm in my direction with the business and he's operationally in his direction, so it works okay. It works really well. Fantastic, yeah, I think it's good. It's good when you've got those skill sets that complement each other, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, Maggie, so I'm in business with my wife, Maggie and um, it's a bit like we're like we're very different you know different skill sets but I guess because we're we're like life partners as well as in the business it's kind of like we separate the responsibilities a little bit differently in that she looks after the family I look after the business so whenever it comes to a family decision like I've just got to toe the line right and then if it comes to the business she kind of just lets passes my judgment but it is you know you kind of do need that person to like bounce off don't you like it it makes such a big difference a hundred percent and there'll be times when i just can't see that i can't see the answer because you're so tied up in it Mm -hmm. and you just give that bit of information to him and just say look this is what i'm thinking about what would you you know what do you think what would you do and because they look at it from a different perspective yeah it's almost like they'll say well how about you try that and that yeah. seems to be, that seems to work really definitely, well. I'm, I'm, and I'm the same with my wife. We're very similar to that. And, yeah. and I was going to say, st- still under the bracket of support, I think you've got to get the buy-in. That was one of the things that me and my wife did when we set up the business. I mm. kind of said, look, this is what I'm planning on doing. Mm. I was working for Mercedes-Benz at the time. Yeah. I think I've told you before. Um, and I was on a cracking package, you know, I was working for Mercedes-Benz UK, head office, and I was about to give it up and start working out the back of a van. So it, um, it was a big decision that we made, but she, 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 I gave her the kind of, the picture of where I wanted to be in five, 10 years time, yeah. and she really bought into it and she supported me. I don't think, if, if she'd have said, or I'm not sure, or I, I don't think you can do it. Yeah. I don't think I'd have done it. Got so it. you need the. I think you need that backing behind you for somebody close to you to be able to say, "Let yeah, yeah go for it." You know, I know, you, I know you can do it. Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with that. I think uh, you've got to have that 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 support. That support is vital. Yeah, absolutely right. And there has been, I shan't lie. There there has been times when she's gone. Why didn't you just stay working for Volvo? <laughs> Have you had the same? Yeah. <laughs> no, to be fair, she, she, she never said that. I'm sure she's thought it a few times, but she's never said it. Maybe she just didn't have the right time to say it. 
<laughs> yeah, Mags is definitely. We, we have had moments, and she's just gone. Oh. I think it. It's like that time, you know, like crucial times, like that. It's hard. So when you go into business, and those that are listening that that haven't done that, there, there's some things that are just a bit trickier. Things like mortgage, for example. Like we've not long bought our house, so like remortgaging, and like whilst we maybe live the same way as we would have done when I was employed, like we pay ourselves differently yes. so it just like the world's geared up for some people who work on a salary and get paid and all that sort of thing so it can be a lot trickier when it comes to things like that doesn't yeah. can't it you know it is it is challenging when i remember when when we when we first kicked off with the business we looked at i'm sure many many new business startups have done this we looked at what we could what we could afford um and what our mortgage was and what our outgoings were and what we needed to cover that and that's where we that's where we we went um and if you like i say if you're if you're on the same page and you're okay okay that's how it's going to be for the next five years but we know what the end goal is um you can really achieve what you need to yeah definitely definitely hi it's pete from flagship partners we're really proud to sponsor a half dozen things podcast At Flagship Partners, we take road safety really seriously and we're your road safety partnership. We help transport companies with compliance and training across their businesses, including first aid, driver CPC and other transport management services. So if your fours accredited or you want to improve your operator compliance risk score, give Flagship Partners a call today. The other one I was just going to put in there on support was the advice from 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 others. So yeah. what I mean by that is not not from like your business partner or your family that's close to you. I wish I'd have done this. Um, this was one of definitely one of the things I'd advise others to do that I didn't do. So speak to other business owners that have, have, have in in inverted commas, done it. So. Successful ones, one that's ones that you think actually that's how I want my business to be. That's that's the impression I want my customers to have of my business, and mm. speak to those owners. And and I'm sure they'll tell you their story. You know, I'm sure they'll they. You know, it's not like they're looking for a mentor cost or anything like that. A lot of business owners, like we are, mm. are happy to tell the journey, happy to tell the story. Yeah. But I was almost a little bit like, oh no, you know. I'm scared to ask, you know, I don't want to seem inexperienced. I don't yeah. want them to think that I've not got it all together. But definitely, definitely ask ask others that have done it because yeah. it will save you save you a, a few shortcuts. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. It can be hard to ask for help, can't it? And I think it seems quite scary as well sometimes, but someone's always been in the position you're in right and yeah. they can empathize with that i'd more than happily uh you know chat to anyone about what it what's involved and, and and that sort of thing i think it's quite humbling as well like when i speak to people now you know i know i'm not as far sort of down the journey as you are mate but it's like one of those where it's quite kind of nice in a way when you like revisit it to realize actually i've done i've overcome that sometimes you, you kind of forget what you've been yeah. through don't you you know so it's kind of good to revisit it and and, and sort of help people along as well, right? If, yeah. that's, if you can't do that, then what's it all for anyway, you exactly. know? So, yeah. yeah, no, definitely, love that. Okay, cool. Um, I, I, that kind of leads us quite nicely onto the next area, which is around self-appraisal. Yeah. So I guess what you mean by that is not just about like working on what you're not good at, but also like making sure that you're continually sort of getting better and evolving, right? I think so, yeah. I think it's, 
you know, you give your guys a six monthly review, the guys that work for you, and you know, you're doing self appraisals and you know, you're, you're looking at plans on where they look, their development plans. So, we have like a five year development plan for all of our staff, and it doesn't have to stick to the five years, it evolves over year after year. But we do that six monthly. The thing that I think a lot of business owners miss or miss a trick with is actually doing it for themselves you know who's going to do my business appraisal well you can get one of your senior members of staff to sit you down and although you don't report to them it's good to get them to do that sometimes i mean sometimes i'll appraise myself in the morning in the mirror and say right okay ask yourself the questions that you'd be asking your staff you know where you know where do you see yourself going it's really important to keep the keep that keep that drive, keep improving yourself. It's really hard, sometimes you kind of, I, I mean, I've been there, I've been there a lot recently over COVID as well. Mm. You kind of lose your direction, lose your, your, your drive, your enthusiasm, the thing that got you into your business yeah. in the first place. Mate, that's uh, that's actually really good. I've no, no, no one said that before, that's like quite new and I've, it's not even something I've considered like, just asking myself what I'd ask my staff yeah. in a in an appraisal. That's actually really powerful. I've got I'm giving that I'll give yeah. that a go when I get home. Yeah, do it. Do it. There's a guy there's a guy who works for me part time, he's seventy four and um he was my manager when I was when I was um a mechanic in the workshop. And um he now comes in and to be honest, I'm not sure if he'll be listening to this because he doesn't even know what a mobile phone is, <laughs> let alone let alone LinkedIn. So or social media, but um, he he often takes me out if he can see that I'm stressed or if he could see at work that I'm having a hard time. Not all the time, but sometimes he'll ask me to come outside and he'll take me to the other side of the road and then he'll turn me around and look back at our workshop and say, just have a look at it. Take five minutes just to see what you've got what you've done and just give yourself a pat on the back and it's important and that's you know that's all the self-appraisal stuff you know you you can be you we are you know not can be we are hard on ourselves aren't we as managers as business owners directors Mm -hmm. we we constantly achieve one thing and move on to the next immediately we don't we don't dwell on what we've just done Mm -hmm. and think and think well done, you know, like you would with an appraisal of somebody, mm-hmm. you know, well done, you did that fantastically, mm-hmm. you know, you really need to be proud of yourself. We just moved to the next thing so yeah. so quickly. So that's maybe one thing I'd uh, put in there as... Uh, Do you know what? I, I really needed to hear that. So that that that's really powerful, mate. So we've just finished, so our financial year ends at the end of May. Yeah. And um, in... Uh, during COVID last year, I actually set a forecast, which was for like 50% growth on the previous year. Um, and what we've, what we've actually achieved is 100% growth during COVID, wow. which is, and I've been a bit embarrassed to share it because I know people, some companies have struggled, but there's been companies that have boomed as well. Yeah. And uh, I think that, you know, maybe if there wasn't COVID, it may have been even more, if you see what I mean. So it doesn't mean that we haven't been impacted because we, we absolutely, you know, 100% have. We actually 
closed the training room doors for like two, three months yeah. last year. So for us to have been able to do that has been uh, incredibly hard work. But already, I've not stopped and taken stock of that no. and the fact that we it's been achieved. And I keep telling myself that I need to just kind of do, but it's that fear of like letting your foot off the pedal a little yeah. bit because you're patting yourself on the back that you'd like, yeah. you know, that you, that you kind of start to... But at the same time, you know, so already my mind's kind of moved on to this year. So what am I going to do this year? And, you know, I'm thinking about who I'm recruiting and all of that sort of stuff to grow. And uh, it's difficult, isn't it? Because like uh, there's an old there's an old saying around like like many many a uh, many a person has sort of suffered eating too long at the table of success, like because they start to believe that they've got yeah. successful. Yeah. And I don't want to be that person. No, of course and it's, not. It's, it's difficult, isn't yeah, it? But at the same time, balance. you've got to celebrate yeah. that success because yeah. otherwise, you just end up, you know, you just yeah. grind yourself to yeah. the ground. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You've got to recognise it. Just mark it off. It doesn't need to be a holiday to the Bahamas, does no, it? No, exactly. Yeah, you know, no. all it could be is a, a a quiet moment, five minutes on your own, or or a glass of wine with your missus when you get home. Just anything to recognise it to say, "Yep, we done okay on that one." And yeah. then and then yeah, move on to that. No, spot on, mate. No, that's spot on. Right, I love that. Okay, so the last one around like the business related goals then was doing what you say, and that we will tie that in when we talk about sort of the more transport related stuff. Yeah. But talk to me a bit about what you mean by sort of doing what you say. So this one I kind of threw in at the end because it's one of them that grind like gets to me. It's a bit of a niggling point to me, and I see it coming in more and more as the years go by I don't know if the culture's coming in a little bit more it did it wasn't there 12 15 years ago so for example I don't know if it's becoming accepted so for example me and you okay so we had a couple of meetings set up to um, do this podcast yep and maybe 15 years ago it would have been a lot harder for me to call you and say Pete I can't make it I can't make it on that day which was when was it i think we were due to do it like four weeks ago four weeks or ago yeah. yeah but it's it seems more accepted now that people are able to cancel at the last minute or mm. be late to a meeting or and it's just okay for someone to drop you a message and say i'm not going to make it today yeah. or i'm not going to make it into work and that sort of knocks on to business for me because Businesses, like our suppliers, for example, that suppliers parts, um, equipment, we often they'll often sit down with us and say, yes, we can supply X, Y, and Z to you, but then actually, when it actually comes to it, they're not actually doing what they say they're going to do. And so what I say to the guys at work is, look, don't promise the earth to people, mm-hmm. but whatever we say we're going to do for that customer, just see it through just make sure yeah. make sure we do it and that's for me that's that that really that really comes out in 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 life right now at the moment it seems to be a, a bit of a trend i think yeah. so that would be that would be one of my definitely one of my six things is do what you say you're going to do yeah and that could be anything from from a, a, a meeting to your customer you know your customer delivery yeah I love that. I love that because it's it hundred percent aligns with my values as well. Which is I hate I hate letting people down. I hate it. Um, 
I hate being late. I hate moving. Sometimes it happens, right? Yeah. But I beat myself up probably more than I, you know. And and I I, I, I get your vibe. But like I knew it frustrated you. Like it was out of your hands when we had to move move yeah. the podcast, what have you. But yeah, I, I totally agree. And there's nothing that pisses me off quicker than someone just dropping me a message like, "Can't do this" yeah. or what have you. Something's come up, and I'm like. I'll rage. <laughs> I absolutely rage. It what did we really do before mobile phones? That's what I, I keep asking everyone. Like I'm, I'm only 42, but so mobile phones were around like when I was about 16, 17. Yeah. But before that, what did we do? Like we called someone on the, or you saw someone and you said, "I'll see you next week at five o'clock," and you were there. Yeah. There was no texting through the week saying, "Are you still alright for next week?" <laughs> there was no. I'll be there in 10 minutes. Yeah. It was, you were just there. That's all right. <laughs> it's crazy. It is right. I think that there's a lot more, I think there's probably a lot more time pressure on people and stuff like yeah. that. Because one of the things I picked up, certainly during COVID, like with Zoom calls and stuff, um, I found like it was quicker, quicker than ever to do stuff. So I guess like with that, how quickly it is to do stuff, it's so quicker to undo stuff as well, I guess, yeah. which is probably that mentality. And there's probably a little bit, and it's difficult. I don't really like using the terminology because I think it's a little bit naughty. But you know that whole sort of like flakiness around things. Like there is a bit of flakiness in there that's yeah. just sort of coming into the culture. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, I think. Uh, but, but on the other hand, I think that also, because I agree that I recognise that in other people. But I think as business owners, that gives you then an opportunity because if you're not that person, yeah. you can build respect with people very quickly if you aren't that person, yeah. right? Yeah, sure. I mean, all you it's not hard to do what you say you're going to do because otherwise you wouldn't have said it in the first place. Yeah. But if you can just deliver, so mm -hmm. from a business point of view, if you mm -hmm. can just deliver those key performance indicators that you say, look, these are our KPIs, this is what we will do, mm -hmm. And just do it. You're going to be yeah. better than the. Op you're going to be better than your competitor, because yeah. the fact is, they're going to be flaky. Yeah. No. Exactly. But the other thing is like, so I guess you learn over time. But it's it's about the ability to give bad news as well, isn't it? So if you've got the strength and the confidence that you've done everything you can, yeah. and then you're going to say to a customer, do you know what? This is the situation. I'm not going to bullshit your sugarcoat it, yeah. but this is where we're at, and then. You know that might be a frustrating conversation, but actually, when you still do what you say you're going to do, at least you've told yeah, them. Yeah. Um, but also, it does give you the opportunity to like under promise and then over deliver as well, doesn't it? Because you maybe if you build yourself a little bit of resilience yes. into that expectation, yeah. then you can deliver great service. I mean, right? you think in our industry, in the transport industry, this happens to us all the time. So, for example, I don't know, we're repairing someone's truck and. Uh, we've promised tomorrow yeah. but when we come in the next day the parts haven't arrived or the parts have arrived wrong I mean you've been there you know you know how it is yeah. and but as long as you call that customer and you give yourself we're giving ourselves enough time and we're, we're not calling the customer back at four o'clock when we promised it we're calling them back at nine o'clock in the morning and saying look this is what we've promised Mm -hmm. it hasn't happened because of X we're now going to do this I think you're still doing what you say you're going to do 
definitely. So definitely. and and our 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 industry's crazy, isn't it, for that? Hundred percent. And do you know what we've led so nicely into the transport related questions? I did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> no. I know you've absolutely planned that to a T. No. Um, but yeah, the first one for the specifics around transport. So we're going to talk about like what it takes. Obviously, your business over the past 12 years, you've established yourself as a really key brand as a service provider in the transport sector. And I, I applaud you totally for that. And that's why I'm so keen to have you on um, as, a, as a local business that was really succeeding in the same sector that we're trying to. Uh, I thought it was just a fantastic opportunity to have you in to, to talk about it. So the sort of key one you've come in with around transport is how vital customer service, satisfaction, customer experience really is. Yeah, so we, this was something that we, we felt like was the most important. So we, we really focus on this first. So a lot of, a lot of businesses will focus on uh, profit and but we focus on the customer service experience first because it doesn't matter, I suppose, what industry you're in on this one, actually. If you focus on customer service and you get that bit right, the profit will follow. You know, mm-hmm. it, 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 has to, it has to follow because mm-hmm. of the customer retention, customer referral. Um, it's, it's so important. You know, I always say that the customer is, is the most important asset to my business. People will disagree with that. That'll be a bit of a talking point. Some will say it's their staff, some will say it's, you know, it's themselves. Mm-hmm. But f- for me, we focus it on the customer. Mm-hmm. For us, I feel like without the customer, we haven't got a business. So mm-hmm. we make them we make them number one. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, it sounds a bit cheesy, but I don't, I don't really get excited about, you know, how much profit we make at the end of the month or at the end of the year, I get a bit more excited about someone dropping me a text and saying, well, oh, thanks, you know, thanks for what you guys did today. Really appreciate it. That's, that's the sort of thing that gets me more excited about it the next day and how we can, how we can make more of that, how we can, yeah. how we can do, do more of that. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's fantastic when you've got that feedback, even if you haven't requested it, yeah, I know we do a lot of requests for feedback and Google and and social media now for, but when someone just drops you that little text to say, yeah, yeah. you know, you guys are doing a good job. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, absolutely feed off that. Yeah, it's a real good. It's just like it's such a good vibe, isn't it? Yeah, it's such a good vibe, yeah. and you know you're doing a great job. Yeah, mate, I love that. That's um, I think it 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 leads in well to sort of my next question. But when you do deliver. I guess the question is, is when you do deliver that satisfaction, when you do deliver that, what you are then doing is you're building, you're building that reputation as well, which is so vital in this sector. But it's also like, what's the value of like, when that customer then tells another customer about how great you are, yeah. that referral, what value is that for you? I think it's, it's up there, it's up there with the biggest. I think, you know, you you're only as good as the last job you did, aren't you? You know, that's, that's, that's one of the sayings. And when a customer, I suppose, if a customer gives you negative feedback, I suppose maybe ask that question, what value is that, you know, what value is that to you? I mean, that, that's so damaging, isn't it? When, yeah. if, if a customer, and a customer will give you negative feedback more than they will give you positive feedback, as we know. Yeah. So I think, it just it knocks on to the next customer it, it enables us to feed that back to our technicians and mm-hmm. to the guys on the, the you know the non-productive guys in the business 
and gives them a boost. Mm -hmm. So it adds so much value around. And then ultimately, it adds to the P&L as mm -hmm. well. So yeah. I think as long as we can carry on doing that and, and get a, a, a great experience for the customer from start to finish, even from the point of them bringing the vehicle into the workshop, having somewhere to park, getting them in the right frame of mind initially is so it's so important to us yeah awesome awesome mate i love that love that okay so the second one's around decision making yeah so tell me where you're going with that what what was that important i think as a business you've got to do the math mm -hmm. so whenever you're making a whenever you're making a decision rather than running head first into it so a big decision i don't know like a decision of taking on another site, mm -hmm. uh, taking on another member of staff. We were talking about taking on a member of yeah. staff. The good, the good guys, for me, the good guys won't just kind of rush into it and go, I need to take another member of staff because I've got too much going on. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of what I mean is somebody's looked at their business, somebody's looked at what, what revenue this guy can generate, really mm -hmm. done the math behind it, calculated it, and then just made a real good formal decision about it. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. And that could be from buying a piece of capital equipment, like I say, to taking on something really big, to taking on a customer. We spoke yeah. about taking on customers that uh, are profitable to your business and whether they're working right for you. So just really doing the math around that. Yeah, I love that. I think that's um, it's absolutely right, isn't it? It's around having that quality of thought and the quality of decision making and you need to have had the quality of thought you need to have the quality of understanding what your business is and what another person means and what that's going to cost you or what you know when you take on it's it's like the investment isn't it so people premises equipment and you're investing and it's not it's not about like speculating like no. people people ask me all the time about bitcoin right and i'm not i'm not going to say whether it's right or wrong and you might be in bitcoin right but either way bitcoin's a speculation right it goes up comes down no one controls it but in your business the really good people they have their hands one of my old uh, after sales directors at volvo irish guy you say he has his hand around the cookie jar yeah, yeah? so you got like the cookie jar and like that's where it can all sort of trickle away but also where you can really sort of build the business up. And I think when you've got that like, sort of that quality of thought around what investment you're making, what impact it's going to have, but also like from a, if it doesn't work out, this is the impact, yes. but this is what I'm going to do and it will work out. And these are the things that are going to happen. You're absolutely yeah, right. Exactly. It's about making sure you've got your numbers right, That's you know, right. and understanding yeah. what the levers and pulleys are. That's right. You're comparing, you're calculating, you're forecasting all the time. It's, and again, that's when the business partner or a senior member comes mm -hmm. comes in handy because you can speculate together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes, sometimes it is a punt, right? Sometimes it is a punt. <laughs> Have you got that? So I've just got that in my next paragraph, right? So we're just gonna uh, just go back on everything that we've, we've just said. So, but I was about to say there will be an element of you you do have do get a gut feeling yeah. sometimes as well though like you yeah. were just about to say go on you carry on no no i think it, it what what 
sprung to my mind, and you must read it if you haven't already, but Stephen Bartlett, if you've not come across him, he's a young lad, he's not even 30 yet, uh, he runs Social Chain, he's the next dragon on Dragon's Den, okay. he's, the, he's the recent guy for that, and uh, he sold Social Chain for like hundreds of million like, already, and his book Happy Sexy Millionaire is brilliant, and one of the things he was saying is when you get, like one of the things he now does is when he makes any decision, he still calculates it, same as you or I would, but as soon as he hits 51%, Bosh, decision made. He just doesn't waste any more time on it. Once it hits over 50%, 51% is all he needs, and that's the decision okay. done. Because it's literally like, right, I'm comfortable. On the law of probability, based yes. on everything I know and everything I've experienced before, if it's 51%, that's it. Decision done. Yes. If everyone yeah. else is recommending it happens and I get to 51%, I'm happy. Move on to the next thing. Oh, that was really interesting. But interesting. it's still based on it's still based on that knowing your numbers. Yeah. You know, because it's not just, he's not flipped a coin and gone 50-50. It's based on experience, years, what his team are telling him, what you know, all the yeah. information that you're gathering as soon as you hit that point. Because the other challenge is around, like, taking too long to make a decision, That's isn't right. it? You know, That's which right. is when, exactly. when it comes into what you're saying. Yeah, around. there's some guys at work uh, or some guys at work with me that they that skill set is just not there for them. They, 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 they maybe feel a little bit worried about making decision if it goes wrong. Um, and they'll go back and forwards, back and forwards, and, and the decision won't be made in the end. But actually, they've done, their, they've done their calculations, but they just haven't got that gut to go, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's what you need. If we go back to what we were talking about when people, when we set up the business, we calculated and we did the best that we could and we and, and I'm sure every business startup has done this but ultimately there is that leap of faith that you're gonna have to take you're gonna have to go with your gut and go I can do it and it's gonna work and if you haven't got that I suppose yeah. that will hold you back a little bit yeah definitely I love that you definitely gotta have that leap of faith uh, mate, I tell you what. So it's led us quite nicely when we talk about decision making and quality of decisions. So one of the decisions I've made recently, and I guess that's kind of like a, from a capacity point of view. I know my numbers are probably well. I know for a fact they'll be a lot smaller based on the the type of businesses we run. But whilst my numbers are smaller, with the growth that we've seen over the past year, one of the decisions I've had to make is about infrastructure investment and. That means that no longer is my Outlook calendar enough or the Excel spreadsheets we're using and that sort of thing. So now's come the time for a, an, a, it's a painful amount of money, but I'm speaking to someone who's like a software specialist so, yeah. and I'm starting to invest in our systems to make sure that they're right. And interestingly for me, your next one is around systems and improvements. Yeah. So talk to me a bit more about that and what, what, what you mean and why that's so important in the sector. I think you talk about um, asking yourself questions, don't you? Like, is that Excel spreadsheet enough? Is the Outlook calendar enough for me? And you answer your questions and probably that's where you've realised that an improvement has to be made. Mm -hmm. So all I would say would be, we keep asking the questions to ourselves in the departments. And then once we've got the answer, then the improvements in our systems need to be, it to be made. So in the service department, we're constantly reviewing our, our, our process. So we went from a written diary to we've got an electronic booking system now. So we know how many hours we've got available to us to, to, for the day. 
how many hours we've got booked in, um, and we've got that running for, I mean, alongside R2C, which is a online inspection system, we've got that run in for the next 10 years, so we know it's fully automated. But we had to make that improvement at some point, mm -hmm. and we had to invest in that, you know, a monetary investment, a time investment as well. But if you don't do that, I don't think we can move on into the into the next into the next stage. I mean, you know our industry, mm -hmm. the goalposts are moving all of the time. Mm -hmm. The DBSA are changing what is not required, what is required all of the time. Mm -hmm. And to be able to improve and move with that, you have to I suppose you have to in, you have to invest. The customers yeah. changed for us a lot as well. Mm -hmm. So customer that we were dealing with 10 years ago is a different type of customer now mm -hmm. so they want different things they need different things they have different what is good mm -hmm. to them now is different to what is good to them yeah. then so we've had to we've had to improve yeah get better i think i think on from a workshop point of view the fundamentals still stay the same don't they so as as a on if i put my other hat on where i'm a customer of a vehicle workshop Obviously, my, my um, some of my customers are, are sort of outside the area, for example. But when I look at like workshop providers and stuff, with my hat on, like the the basics which we would have wanted 10, 12 years ago are still the same. In that we want a vehicle that's roadworthy, it's safe, you know, it passes its MOT first time. That doesn't change. But actually, there's so much more now with the requirements around quality of paperwork, signing, making sure it's the right date, and you know all those things that would have been okay before. But also down to like right first time, uptime, you know, all all of those things. Yeah. It's just ridiculous, isn't yeah. it? You know. I mean, I don't know if you've seen our our strap line, but our strap line is getting it right first time, and that's been our strap yeah, line from 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 2009. So. I got that from when we were when I was working for Mercedes Benz. They was a, they used to um, uh, finance the dealers like a, a bonus structure for first time fixes, first time pass MOT rates, yeah. and we took that. Although it was a dealer process, mm -hmm. we took that those values and brought them into our independent workshop. And they're so you know those things are so important, and the guys in the workshop are so keyed into them keyed into them as well and again their their improvements like i say their improvements that we've made with with training uh, apprentices are, are really important to us as well yeah, so awesome so it's not just systems improvement so you've got obviously all of the investments you made there but also investing in people and their improvement exactly. and their development yeah, as well yeah. yeah yeah no fantastic and i think we've got to take people on the on the journey with us okay nice uh which leads us really nicely on to the next one which is around sticking to what you know um yeah talk to me i find this a really interesting one certainly yeah so uh, we 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 look at our business and what's what's profitable and and a lot of the times it's a it's a little bit boring but a lot of the times the things that are profitable or the most profitable for us easiest things to do are the things that we do the most so the things that we're really good at mm -hmm. so whereas some businesses are really good at something and they've got a great model and it's profitable there's no hassle everybody knows what they're doing with it and then they go to branch out and look at something completely different. And look, okay, let's try and get into, I don't know, for us, what about if I try to get into your your trade? It does mm. it does fall over. Yeah. So about if I try to get into 
compliance and transport managers. Yeah. So I could get into that because I know a bit about it. Yeah. Actually, would I be any good at it? Or would I? I don't know. Do you want a job? Uh, <laughs> a bit on at the moment, mate. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you're saying exactly, though. And and we've got, you know, if, if, if you're not great at it and things go wrong, you're having to deal with comeback, you're not getting it right first time anymore. So really focus. So not, not just stay still, but actually focus on what you are doing great and increase the amount of that that you're doing. Mm. So for us, what we've done is we've, um, as you mentioned earlier, we've got another site. So we've, we've taken on another workshop, not to do anything different, not to take on any different kind of work, but just to increase the amount of work that we're doing because we're good at it. Yep. You know, we feel like we're good at it. Our customers tell us we're good at it. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, we're making money, you know, and ultimately we're making money from it. So again, people might agree or disagree with us, but it's a model that works for us. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, I've actually, I can speak from experience in that I, I've had my fingers burnt from, from trying to do that uh, too early on. Okay. So when I first started, I was very transport focused, very, very transport focused when Flagship first started out. And we took on transport clients. We did driver CPC training and then we did um, the transport consultation work. And um, what then happened was as part of the driver CPC training, we were then doing first aid training because the driver CPC fell within that. The woman who was our subcontracting to to do a first aid training, she decided that she was going to stop doing it. So I saw an opportunity. She did quite a bit of work with... Uh, McDonald's for example which is a nice big client so um, I kind of gave us a little bit of a dead leg quite early because I then acquired that and then I started to focus on doing first aid training as well as the transport stuff but actually the two things weren't weren't wholly related Um, and I didn't really know what I had and it's taken probably the last 18 months to really get my head around that and actually Whilst we've gained some fantastic first aid training clients who aren't in the transport sector, and I mean they're fantastic and I really, really value them, our core offering is transport. So we kind of went full circle and have come back round again. Um, So we still look after those first aid training customers because we give a great service, we deliver great training, but we're not actively looking to grow that, so to speak. We service them, they're really happy with what we do. But yeah. from a transport point of view, that that that's sort of what we do overall. And don't get me wrong, if you're a, you know, we do paediatric first aid, for example. So we do have nurseries uh, that we look after and what have you. But it's just that we make sure if we proactively promote that too much, particularly around our transport customers, it gets woolly about what we yes. offer. So yeah. 100% agree that just stick to what you know, you know, yeah. because that's, you know, because you that's what's most profitable. You know, if I look at what's most profitable for us, for example, it's there's sticking points we have some challenges around certain things because volumes maybe not enough or the 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 team aren't used to it or we haven't got the systems the same way etc etc so when you scale up more of what you're doing already um you know it's uh it's, it comes it, natural to yeah, you it as does, well. yeah, yeah like chris and i we're both from we're both from the the floor apprentice up so it's what we know, it's what's ingrained exactly. is, it's what we do automatically. Yeah. You know, it's like a boxer who throws a left jab. If mm-hmm. he does it so many times, he's gonna carry on doing it yeah. automatically without even realising he's doing it Definitely. and he'll be good at it. it for us it's 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 something that comes natural to us and 
but you, I suppose you don't need to be bored of it. So no. we're, we're still excited about it. So yeah, we're still excited about delivering that service. We're still excited about fixing the truck first time. We still love it when we get to the end of the week and tally up the, the HGV MOTs Love and that. see which ones have passed first yeah. and you know some customers it doesn't really have too much they, they're not too too fussed about it i'm not sure if you want to get on board with them actually <laughs> but 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 we are yeah. so no that's spot on and i think um you know i think there's real uh there, there, there's real value in making sure that you are passionate about what you do that you stick into what you know and you know i think that's a, a vital part of 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 any business and i think that then gives you the opportunity when you have got a really nice clear view of what you do you can communicate that better to your customers but it also gives you an opportunity to like work refer to people who maybe you don't deal with and that helps build your relationships as well right yeah, because exactly. you know when i get a customer that needs like workshop uh, support for example rather than going oh do you know what i've got a customer who wants workshop support what am i going to do i'm going to start a workshop business exactly. right it makes no sense give it to give it to someone who you can trust and and then maybe the business will come the other way i mean but at the same time you don't expect it to ever come the other way but it's just around you know, you get have that opportunity to. It's nice to give people stuff as well, isn't it? You know, and you give you give people you work with uh, the the benefit of sharing your customers, and before you know it, you're starting to really build a nice business, aren't you? Yeah, that's really good. Okay, awesome, mate. So, do you know what? We've kind of come to an end. So, uh, Michael, I really appreciate you joining no, me. No problem at all. I've enjoyed it. Thank just, you. Just to sort of wrap it up, I guess is just. Let people know who you are and where you're from, and if they want vehicle servicing in the Peterborough area, who, who is it they've got to call, mate? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's him and them. Who are you going to call? <laughs> yeah, who are you going to call? If you want right first time, yeah. you need to ring That's right. Michael and his team at m and They've got two depots in Peterborough. I know they do an absolutely fantastic job. The guys are really, really switched on, and they're certainly my first port of call for any of my Peterborough-based customers. So, yeah, spot on, mate. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, really appreciate it, mate. I really hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too. Please do share it across your social media channels. We hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmutt. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners, and we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.